ahead and go to Acts chapter 4. I want to read a few verses to you. If you, We're not going to read the whole passage of Scripture, but in Acts chapter 4, we see Peter and John, they have healed a man. I mean, they've performed this miracle. And of course, the religious group, the Pharisees and Sadducees, they're all getting upset about it. They're wondering what authority they had. Where, is this, where did this power come from? And in verse 8, we'll start reading in verse 8. It says, Then Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, said unto them, Ye rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day be examined of this good deed done to the impotent man, by what means he is made whole, be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel, that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom ye crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand here before you whole. Peter makes it very clear, hey, if we, we didn't do anything today, what was done here today was done because of Jesus Christ. It's by His power that this is done. Don't get to looking at us. This is about Jesus Christ. He was the one that made you that made this man be able to rise up and walk. And it says, This is the stone which was set at naught of you builders, which has become the head of the corner. It was prophesied way back in the book of Psalms that Jesus Christ would be rejected of His own people. And Peter, you mentioned, you all crucified Him. This Jesus, this is who we're talking about here. We're talking about Jesus Christ. Peter and John, they've performed a miracle, but notice how they're trying to get all the focus on Jesus Christ. You people don't pay attention to us. You all need to focus on Jesus Christ. And then notice it says in verse 12, he says, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled and they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. That's the verse I want to focus on right there. Notice how these people, they're looking and they're, they're examining Peter and John. They're looking at these guys talking to them. They're like, you know what? These guys, these aren't educated men. These are Galileans. They didn't go to the best schools. They don't have the high education. They don't have a whole lot. You can tell they were able to tell they didn't have a whole lot of intelligence. But one thing they did take note of was the boldness that they had. And when they saw the boldness that these guys had, notice what they said. They perceived that they had been with Jesus. They had been with Jesus. When they saw the boldness, it was clear they had been with with Jesus. Why is that? Well, Jesus was another one who spoke very boldly. Jesus was another one who spoke with great authority. It was noted many times in the Gospels how He spoke with authority, not as one of the scribes. Jesus didn't come off as one of these passive preachers that just kind of talked in ways that weren't clear. No, He talked with great authority. He talked like what He was saying was the truth and nothing but the truth. And that just happened to be exactly what it was. And here these guys, they come along and they're preaching just like Jesus, and we see how they saw that boldness. It was evidence they had been with Jesus. And when you are with Christ, it's going to give you a confidence that you cannot find anywhere else. Many times the confidence that Christian has, Christians have in their eternal destination, it's off-putting to many people because their confidence is in their own works. The title of my message this morning is, it's not even really a title, it's a statement. And this, this, this statement, I say this all the time, I know I am going to heaven. I know I'm going to heaven. Now, that bothers some people when they hear that. 
So many people are bothered when somebody gets up and when they say, you, you know, I know I'm going to heaven, they hear that and they're thinking, wow, that person really must think quite a bit about themselves. That guy must really think he is good to say he knows he's going to heaven. If you ask many people today, if you die today, do you know you go to heaven? They, they get real humble on you. And they get all pious. Well, I, I really don't know. I, I, don't, I don't know if God would let me in. I don't know if I've been good enough. And he'll say, well, I know I'm going to heaven. Really? Oh, you think you're that good? You think you're that good of a person that you know that you're going to heaven? I mean, boy, you must think quite a lot of yourself. But a Christian's boldness, it is not because of our works. It's because of the work of Christ. And if I could do something, if there's one point I could get across to you today, if there's one point I could get across to those out there in the world that I try to witness to, is that is this confidence that I have, it is not in Tommy McMurtry. It is 100% in Jesus Christ. If it was about me, I wouldn't have a lot of confidence. I wouldn't have boldness. If I, If my salvation was based, if I was basing my salvation on my works, I would be like a lot of the passive preachers. They get up there and kind of, you know, always talk real general. They're not real specific. Uh, you know, it's like they're afraid to say certain things. You know, and it is, it's a common misunderstanding that people who say they know they're going to heaven are bragging on themselves. People think that all the time. But it's not bragging. It's also a common misunderstanding that people who say Jesus is the only way to heaven think that they are better than everyone else. Notice what Peter said. There is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. And when you say that too, that's also off-putting. Okay, listen. The Gospel, it's offensive sometimes. Jesus Christ, many times in the Bible, is spoke of as being offensive. The Gospel is referred to as being a stumbling block. That's mentioned multiple times. And when you say... Jesus is the only way to heaven. People, they get, they get upset. They get angry. You must be bragging on yourself. People, and here's why people think this. We talked about this Wednesday night. People think that you're bragging when you say Jesus is the only way to heaven because they know in their hearts that the gods that they are serving are their own creation. Did you know that all other gods with a little g are a creation of man. All other gods are creation of man. You know, Buddha, Allah, you name all these false gods, whoever, they were made up by men. They are a creation of man. And so, most people today, they realize that. They understand that in their hearts, that these are creation of man. Their gods are a creation of man. And so, when you have a group of people that come along saying, our God's better than everybody else's gods, how dare you think your creation is better than all our creation? Our, you know, we all the, you know, they'll say all the gods are the same. It's all basically the same thing. Well, that's true except for the fact that your gods are all creations of man while our God is the creator of man. There is a huge difference, folks. I'm sorry, but all other gods with a little g are put in a category of a creation of man, but the one true God, Jesus Christ, He is the creator. Of man, He is God with a capital G. And there is none other name under heaven. We didn't invent God. Okay? 
You know, white people didn't invent God. The Christians didn't invent God. They didn't invent Jesus Christ. God created them. God created man. And there just happens to be a group, you know, some people that have put their faith and trust in him that just happen to be from every nation and from every kindred and tribe and color and nationality. You name it. There's people saved all over the world because Jesus Christ died for the sins of the whole world. He paid for the sins of the whole world. Not just one group for the sins of the whole world. And those who reject Christ, they're rejecting the one true God. Jesus Christ is the only way to heaven. And you saying that will always be offensive. But understand, people, it's because it's proof that they understand that their God is a creation of their own. And so we've, we've got to understand that we can't, we can't sugarcoat our message. We can't change it just so it will not be offensive. For it to not be offensive anymore, then it would not be true. It would not be about Christ. Jesus Christ is an offense. The Bible calls him a stumbling block. And so we'll see some uh, more about that in a little bit. But people who are offended by a Jesus-only salvation, they clearly are offended by that because they are lost. Turn over to Romans chapter 1, verse 16. There's people today who claim to be you know, believers. They claim to be Christians. And yet they are also... They, they will get offended when you start talking about a Jesus-only salvation. They say that they're Christians, but yet they feel like we should respect all the gods and basically act like Jesus is just one of many gods but let's look what the Bible says in Romans chapter 1, verse 16. It says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. When Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, he's not talking about, you know, I'm not embarrassed because, you know, of us as Christians, we're different than everybody else. You know why? You know, people thought Paul should be ashamed of the gospel was because it was so simple. The plan of salvation was so simple. It didn't involve works. It was a faith only thing. And Jesus Christ, it was about grace, unmerited favor. And people like that's way too simple. You know, the educated people, they didn't like that. The smart people, as you know, they would call themselves, did not like that. And they rejected that. But Paul says, you know what? I'm not ashamed of this simplicity. You know why? Because this is what saves people. It is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believeth. To the Jew first and also to the Greek. It is, it's for everybody. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith as it is written. The just shall live by faith. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth and unrighteousness. Because that which may be known of God is made manifest in them, for God has showed it unto them. For the invisible things of Him from the creation of the world are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made, even as eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse, because that when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God, but became, or neither were they thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Look at this professing themselves to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. Wherefore, God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served, look at this, worshiped and served the creature 
more than the Creator who is blessed forever. Amen. That's what people are doing today. They have changed the glory of an uncorruptible God and they've made it into something more like man. They've made it into something that's a myth. They've taken the name of God and they've changed him into whatever their thoughts and their imaginations could come up with. And you look at some of it's some pretty crazy things. They changed it. They made it up and they worship and serve the creature more than the creator. What are we doing when we're saying we need to accept all faiths? What are we doing when we say, you know, it's all okay? You know, all, you know, we should respect all religions. What are we doing? We're saying worship the create the creature more than the creator. You know, worship what man has come up with instead of the creator, the one who made everything. Follow, you know, be be respectful to all the rules of man that man has come up with. And reject what the one who created man came up with. I mean, where do we get the idea that we've gotten that we're in authority over God? He is the Creator. He's the one who made everything. And the Bible says those who've done that they've changed the truth of God into a lie. It's a lie. I'm sorry. You know, this might sound offensive, but you know, we you can change the truth all you want. You can call a lie truth, and it doesn't change the fact it's a lie. Just like I can call a cat a dog, it doesn't change the fact that it's a cat. Okay? And we live in a world where you're just supposed to go along with whatever people say about themselves. And you're just supposed to agree with it. You know? And you know, you're supposed to respect that. Well, I'm sorry, it's still a lie. You know, that dog, you can call it a cat all you want, but it's still a dog. And that that's just it's just a fact. And We've got to understand that. And you know what? The fact is, it was God who created the world. It was man who created all other gods. Therefore, you know, those who try to make their other gods into something, they're lying. And you, us all saying it's true, us all coming together and saying it's true. I saw a thing on television one time where they were talking about how most religions are all coming to an agreement that there is no such thing as hell. Okay. But that doesn't change the fact that there is one. Okay? The Bible says that there is. So, who cares what all the other religions say? Let God be true and every man a liar. But that's, that's the attitude today. Well, a consensus of you know, preachers say this. I don't care. What does the Bible say? That's what's important. What does the Creator say? What does God say? That is, what's, that is what is important. And that's what ought to matter. And so, those who... You know, are offended by this Jesus only salvation. It's because they are lost. Their foolish hearts are darkened. And when somebody is lost, okay, I'm, I'm not saying in our standards that means they're bad people. See, what, here's what happens. Somebody like me gets up and I say, I know I'm going to heaven. And then, you know, as a preacher, we tend to point the finger sometimes. And we, those people that are out there that say that there's multiple ways to heaven, those who are saying you've got to work your way to heaven, will say they're lost. Oh, so you say you're going to heaven, that means you think you're good. They're going to hell, that means you think they're bad. No, actually, if you listen to my preaching long enough, you're going to find out we're all bad. You're going to find out that we're all sinners and that we all come short of the glory of God. That's very clear. But at the same time, people who are on our standards, when somebody's lost, okay, it, it, I'm not saying in our standards they're a bad person, but they have they have erred. How many has ever gotten lost out on the road before? Okay, 
When you got lost, I've been lost many times. I'm not going to bother lying to you about it because my wife could tell too many stories and she would tell these stories. On our honeymoon, we got lost three or four times. Once in Detroit, ended up in the ghetto, very scary. And we got lost like two different, two or three different times in New York trying to find the Statue of Liberty. I mean, it was a nightmare. Kept getting lost. That was back before I had a GPS. And I, I, it was, I wasn't lost because I was a bad person. I just didn't know where I was going. I didn't know how to get where I needed to get. I was, I was lost. I was trying. I wanted to get to the Statue of Liberty. I thought it would be easy to find the Statue of Liberty. I thought there would be signs all over the place telling you how to get to the Statue of Liberty. But there weren't. There weren't any signs. None. And it took me forever to find it. And thankfully I did find it. But sometimes there's people out there, they're trying to get to heaven. They want to go to heaven. But they're on the wrong path. Maybe they've gotten bad directions. I've asked, I asked a guy one time, I was in the Joliet area, I got lost. I've been, I've been lost a lot. And I, I, I was, I'm, I'm desperate and I, I rolled down the window of my car. There was a guy there at a stoplight. I'm like, hey, do you know how to get to this area? And he's like, and he got this funny look in his face and he said, yeah, you just go, you know, and he's like, just keep going this way. He, I thought, he lied to me. I mean, he sent me the opposite way of where I needed to go. And then I understood why he had that smirk in his face. He, th- he saw an opportunity to make a guy whose day was going bad get even worse. And, you know, sometimes people get bad directions. There's people out there, well-meaning people. They want to go to heaven, but they got bad directions. I talked to a lady one time at, my, at our old church at Lighthouse. She, she pulls up there at the church and she was trying to get... She was, she was heading north, okay, when she stopped at our church. She had come from somewhere real far south. I forgot where it was. And she was trying to find Bloomington. And I told her, I said, you passed that a long time ago. I said, it's an hour the other direction. She thought she still needed to keep going north. I don't know which way north is. She thought she still needed to keep going north. And I said, no, it's the other way. And it's about an hour. When she said, an hour? It was like, it can't be that far away. And I'm like, it is that far away. And she kept saying, no, that couldn't have happened. I couldn't have gotten that far off. And I'm like, you did. You are an hour away from Bloomington right now, and it is it is the opposite direction of where you're trying to head. And I remember I felt so bad for her. She was so confused, and that was not what she wanted to hear. And you know what? If I'd have been like most preachers today, I could have been nice and friendly and told, "Ma'am, you're, you just you just keep following your heart. You keep following your instincts. I know it's telling you to go north." And I don't, I don't, who am I to tell her she's going the wrong way? Who am I to upset this sweet old lady and tell her when she's been traveling for hours that she's going the wrong direction, needs to turn around and go the opposite direction another hour? Who am I to do that? You know what? I'm going to tell her what she wants to hear. I'm going to be a nice guy and I'm going to send her even farther the wrong direction. Is that nice or is that cruel? Alright? That's cruel. That's terrible. And many people today are out there following other gods, doing a works-based salvation, and they're, they're trying, but they are lost, the Bible says. And we need to help shine a light, point them in the right direction and say, this is not about your works. This is not about us. This is about Jesus Christ. And when it, Why is it that some people do not have boldness when it comes to their salvation? You know, why is it that some people are so uncomfortable witnessing? Why are they so uncomfortable sharing the testimony of their salvation? You know, if someone 
saved, if somebody saved you from a burning building, you wouldn't have a problem getting in front of news cameras and saying, hey, this person saved my life. You wouldn't have any trouble doing that at all. Why is it that, why is it so different when it comes to the salvation of our soul? Why are we so hesitant? Why are so many people so hesitant to tell other people what Jesus did for them? And sometimes I, I do. I wonder. I, it makes me wonder. You see, because here's the thing. If you're basing your salvation off your works, you're not going to have boldness. Hey, if, if explaining my salvation means talking about me, I'm going to get real nervous. You know why? Well, because if I start talking about how good I am, there's other people that could tell different and could maybe prove that wrong. If I get up here and I tell you, you know why I'm going to heaven? I never sinned. I went a whole week. I went this whole last week without sinning. And I know I'm going to heaven because of that. Well, here's the problem with that. I'm, unless I'm just a you know, heartless liar, I'm going to have a tough time with that because there's seven people for sure in this room that could prove otherwise. And those are the people who live with me. They could definitely tell otherwise. And so that's not going to, that's not going to work real good. I can't talk about myself because if I do, you all might open up your Bibles and you could easily find sins that I've committed. So I'm not going to have boldness and I'm not going to want to talk about my salvation if it's based on my works. I'm going to want to just kind of keep that to myself because I'm going to too easily get exposed. If you're basing your salvation off a changed life, you're not going to have boldness. A lot of people do. They'll go, oh, you know, I know I'm saved. I used to do this and now I don't do that anymore. Well, lots of people get their act together. A lot of people change their lives. A lot of people grow up and mature. But the truth is, salvation, it's not based on what you do different. Because since I've been saved, once again, I haven't been perfect. And so... I'm not, I'm not going to have boldness if I base it off that. If you're basing your salvation off an initiation into a church, into church membership, you're not going to have boldness. We've got two people being baptized today. That's wonderful. People ought to get baptized after they get saved. But you know what? That doesn't save anybody. Nobody's going to go to heaven because they got dunked in a tank. That's just obedience. I'm not going to have boldness in that. You know why? Because I know other churches that teach, well, not only do you have to get dunked in the tank, but then you've got to speak in tongues. And not only do you have to speak in tongues, but you better keep your act together. You better make sure you stay in church. You better make sure you keep doing good. Or you're going to lose your salvation. And how could I say, I know I'm going to heaven if it was possible to lose my salvation? What if I, you know, backslide? I'm capable of sinning. I'm capable of doing some pretty bad things. And if your eternal security is based on your performance as a Christian, you're not going to have boldness. Many people think it is. Many people today falsely have this idea that I can lose my salvation. Well, if you feel that way, it's because you're not basing your salvation on the work of Jesus Christ. And if, if, if it's based on my performance as a Christian, I'm going to be nervous. I'm not going to be bold. There's no way you're going to hear me saying, I know I'm going to heaven because I don't know what I'm going to do tomorrow. I don't know what I'm going to do 10 years from now. I know better people than me that have ended up living like heathens later. And that could happen to me if I'm not careful. It's very clear in the Bible that a Christian can backslide on God and get into a lot of trouble. And so if you can lose your salvation, I'm not going to have any boldness. 
And, you know, you might know people who speak boldly about their salvation, who base them on these things. But understand that is not boldness. That's arrogance. Anyone who gets up and brags, I know I'm going to heaven because of how good I am. That is not boldness. That's arrogant. I had a guy pretty much yelling in my face one time, telling me how, you know, I have no business basically knocking on his door. I am a Baptist and I am not a part of the true, holy, universal Catholic church. That's what he told me. And he thought, said, you have no idea what it's like to be a wonderful Catholic in an area like this surrounded by a bunch of tattooed infidels. And then he slammed the door in my face. And I was just like, whoa, a wonderful Catholic. The man very clearly was basing everything on his performance as a Catholic. And I'm sorry, that is not boldness, even though he, you know, he could say it's pretty bold. I, I took it as arrogance. Wow, you think you're that good? You think you're that good? But here's the thing. The definition of arrogance, it's the act or quality of taking much upon oneself. That species of pride, pride and arrogance go together, which consists in exorbitant claims of rank, dignity, estimation, or power, or which exalts the worth or importance of the person to an undue degree. Proud contempt of others. Conceitedness. Presumption. Basically... When you are basing your salvation off what you've done, when you estimate yourself too highly in that scenario, that is arrogance, that is pride, that is not boldness. And But a person who has put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ, okay, how can I, I can't brag, how, how do I boast of that? The Bible says that boasting is excluded. There is no boasting in that. And so how can we have this boldness? Okay, we see that when they saw the boldness, they perceived that they had been with Jesus. If you're going to go to heaven today, you're going to have to do it through Jesus Christ. That bold, and if you're going to have boldness, the boldness only comes from Jesus Christ. Anything else you have, it's arrogance. Okay? And sadly, people do. They see, they, they get a misconception that what we talk about, because many times they're not listening to the message, they perceive it as arrogance when somebody like me says, I know I'm going to heaven. But hopefully I've explained, well, that, that's not bragging. I'm not basing that on my works. It's the work of Jesus Christ. You see, Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 5 says, Let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as ye have. For he hath said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. So that we may boldly say, why did he say that? Why did Jesus say, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee? He said that. So we could boldly say, the Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. You all see that? He gave us a promise so we could boldly say, the Lord is my helper, I will not fear what man can do unto me. We find boldness in His promises. We believe that God can't lie. I can make a promise to you and say, you know what? I'll never hurt you. I'll never disappoint you. I will never let you down. I will always be strong. I will always be faithful. But you know what? That might not be true. I might fail. I might let you down. I can't bold. I, 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 I'm not going to boldly get up here and say, I will never disappoint anyone in here. I'm not going to do that. Why? Because I know it's very possible that I will. But when God gives the promise, we can have boldness and say, you know what? He'll never leave me nor forsake me. Yes, God made that promise that He'll always be there and He will always be there and I can boldly say it. 
I can boldly claim that, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. I can boldly say that while I have the promises of God, and thank God we have those promises. Thank God there is no you know, evidence, no example, no that he, God has ever lied. The Bible says it's impossible for God to lie. And He gives us these promises in His Word so we can have boldness. He gives us promises like, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That way, when you call on the name of the Lord, you can say, I'm saved. I'm saved. I'm going to heaven. Why? Because I have God's promise. I'm trusting what He told me. And I can boldly do that because God has never... He's never lied. He's never gone back on his word. We can find boldness in his grace and mercy. And what about, you know, what about, we've got problems, right? We have sin in our life. How can we have boldness that we're going to heaven because of, you know, we, we mess up. We make mistakes. Well, look what it says in Hebrews chapter four, verse 15 it says, for we have not an high priest, which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. You all see that Bible says boldly come. We can boldly expect to find grace and mercy when I mess up. Okay? And I do when I mess up. Thank God I can boldly go to God in prayer and I can say, Lord, forgive me. And you know what? I'm not a, I don't have to wonder, is he going to forgive me? Have you ever done somebody wrong and you had to go apologize and you were worried? I, I don't know if they're going to accept this apology. I don't know if they're going to want to be my friend anymore. I messed up too bad. We don't have to do that with God. We don't have to wonder, is, is the Lord going to forgive me? If you're lost today and you've realized, you've, you've realized, hey, I just need to put my faith and trust in Jesus Christ. I've been trusting in my works. I've rejected the gospel all these years. And maybe I've done too many bad sins in the past. You realize you have a, a promise of God that you can go to Him and say, Lord, forgive me, and He will forgive you? Yeah, but I don't deserve it. And that's why He calls it the throne of grace. That we can find mercy. You don't deserve grace. You can't, you know, grace, it's unmerited favor. Mercy, that's God doing good to us when we deserve bad. Yes, you deserve to go to hell. Yes, you do not deserve forgiveness, but God promised to give it to us. And He said we can boldly approach the throne of grace. I can boldly go to God and ask for that forgiveness and I can have confidence that He's going to give it to me. How in the world can you think you're saved? Sometimes maybe somebody who got saved out of a life of sin, somebody who lived wicked before they got saved, they'll get saved. They'll get the message of salvation. They'll start saying, I know I'm going to heaven. And people look and like, how in the world can you, how in the world can you say that? How in the world can you say you know you're going to heaven? Don't you understand what you have done? Don't you understand your past? Did you forget about all those things that you used to do? And you did jail time. You went to prison. You did this. You did that. There is no way you're going to go to heaven. But truth is, the Bible says we can boldly go. We can boldly go and ask and He will give it. No exceptions. We don't see any exceptions where there's this sin that God will not forgive you of. The blood of Christ cleanses from all sin. So go ahead, dream up a sin, name it, God will forgive you. And you can boldly ask for forgiveness and He will give it. You can boldly find grace and mercy. How in the world can you think you're saved with all you've done? How can you boldly proclaim that? You know why? Because 
God promised grace and mercy if I would ask for it. And so even a former, you know, I mean, the worst guy you know in the past, if he would get saved, he can boldly say, I know I'm going to heaven. Why? Because I've received grace and mercy. That's not bragging. That's saying I didn't deserve it. I got it by the grace of God. I got it because of His goodness. Nothing that I have done. And thank God for that. We see we can find boldness in spite of the circumstances surrounding us. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18 says, Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints, and for me that utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in bonds, that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Paul often wrote from prison. Paul often received persecution. He went through trial because of what he had done. And yet, and Paul said, you need to pray that I can speak with boldness in spite of the circumstances surrounding me. Many times, people, they want to get saved or they want to be a Christian because they think that will make everything good in their life. But did you know, maybe even here, sometimes we go through some tough times, don't we? You know, you can be dying of cancer, but yet, even though you're in a bad situation, a bad circumstance, you know what? God still loves me. I still know that I'm going to heaven. A lot of people, you know, what a lot of the people do, the religious people do, they'll see somebody going through a hard time. Man, you're suffering because of sin in your life. You know, if you were right with God, you wouldn't have that cancer. If you were right with God, you wouldn't have that sickness. Guess what? He makes it to rain on the just and on the unjust, the Bible says. We live in a sin-cursed earth. Bad things are going to happen to all of us. But in, no matter what is going on in my life, I can boldly say, God loves me. I can boldly claim the promises of God. I can boldly say, I know I'm on my way to heaven. It might, I might be going through trials and tribulations here on earth. My life might be difficult. I might be experiencing grief and pain. I might lose loved ones. You might look at me and think, man, God must be mad at him. But the truth is, no, God loves me no matter what's going on in my life. And Paul, you know, he said, I'm, you know, he talked often about not being ashamed of his bonds and the fact that he was in prison. Most people look and say he's in prison. He must not be right with God. He doesn't have the favor of God. But God loved Paul. God was pleased with Paul and what he was doing. And Paul was still able to speak boldly in spite of the circumstances surrounding him. Don't base where you are, your, your uh, standing with God on how good things are going in your life. That's why it's hard, difficult for a rich man to get saved, the Bible says. You know, that rich person, they look, man, I got all the money I need. I, you know, I've got all these possessions. I've got financial security. I've got this. You know, I, I've got all these things. Boy, the Lord must really be smiling on me. Look at all that I've got. But the truth is, riches doesn't prove salvation at all. We see the servants of God many times they are suffering. And people do, they'll look at that and think, I obviously am right with God. I've got everything. I'm healthy. My life's in order. Yeah, I'm definitely going to heaven. You know, I give to charities. I do all these wonderful things. Sorry, salvation is not based on those things. You are still a sinner. And you need to recognize that if you're going to get saved. But we can find boldness in spite of circumstances. We can find boldness in our access to Christ. Ephesians 3.11 says, According to His eternal purpose which, he pur- uh, purpose which He purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence by faith of Him. 
We have access to Jesus Christ. I, I can pray to Him whenever I want. He hears my prayer. He knows my name like the kids sang in the song. He knows my name. He knows who I am. Those who are lost, the Bible says He's going to say, depart from me. I never knew you. But He does, he does know my name. He does know who I am. I have access. Why? Because of His mercy. And having and said all that, we can find boldness in our soul's destination. Because of Jesus Christ, because of what He did, when He died on the cross, He paid the penalty of my sin. Y'all understand that? He paid for my sin. Yes, I deserve to go to hell, but Jesus paid my penalty. Jesus Christ did that. Nobody else did that. He paid it. He has offered me that gift of salvation for free. He has said very clearly that it is not of works, lest any man should boast. There is no boasting in my salvation of myself. Forbid it, Lord, that I should boast. Save in the cross. We can boast in God all we want, but we can't boast on ourselves. I know I'm going to heaven because I know that God cannot lie. I know that Jesus paid for my sins. I know that that God who cannot lie promised that whosoever would call on the name of the Lord would be saved. I know that God keeps His promise. I know He promised that He would never leave me nor forsake me. Therefore, no matter what I do, God is still going to be with me. My salvation is not based on my performance. My salvation is based on the promises of God. And because it is a God who never lies, who cannot lie, I can boldly say today, I know I'm going to heaven. I, I, I could talk about things I've done, but that would be absolutely pointless and it would be completely irrelevant to the fact that I know I'm going to heaven. It's not based on those things. Many will say unto me in that day, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? Thy name cast out devils. Thy name done many wonderful works. And he's going to say to them, depart from me. I never knew you. They thought they knew Christ. They were doing good works, but they had never put their faith and trust in Him. And you say, this is a little too simple. Well, many stumble at the simplicity that's in the Gospel. That's why Paul said, I'm not ashamed of it. This is a very simple message. You all must not be a very intelligent people. Well, that's what they said about Peter and John. That's what Paul was a very intelligent person, yet when he would preach, people, you know, he, he referred to kind of being base and crude in his speech. This is, this is so simple. He could have got up and he could have impressed the intellectuals, but that wouldn't have helped them out. He just told them the truth. And it just happened to be very simple. And people look down on that. But guess what? That simple message is what gets the job done. That simple message is what gets people saved. And therefore, that's what we're going to preach. I don't need to try to impress anybody and make them think I'm smart. So many people are missing salvation because they just can't get past the simple truth that it's not about you. It's about Christ. It's about Jesus. It is not about how good you are or how good you can be. It is about how good He is. And He just wants you to believe in Him. Stop trying to get there yourself. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Do that. That's what will get the job done. So with that, let's all stand together right now.